Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Another well, one time edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad and Declan Goff with you for only a brief period of time because we want to make your day as easy as possible, but we also want to give you the latest on what's going on with the Wild. One timer. Let's start off very quickly so we can dispatch the conversation. Among hockey games you've seen, where did that Red Wings Wild tilt rank uh, on uh, Wednesday night? On what on what rank? Like just like in terms just of, in terms of crap. Oh. It was a preseason game. Yeah, it was they're both bad. going on break. Uh, just one quick rant too. All Star break is fine. I don't like All Star games, but the All Star break is fine. But the Wild's now going to follow that up with the bye week, mm-hmm. the stupidest invention of all time. Correct, because. The bye week now means that after a nine-day break, the Wild's going to get back and play a condensed schedule. Mm-hmm. So these guys can go to Cabo. Yep. Stupid. Get rid of it. Nobody who is smart likes it. The NHL are not being a progressive league and doing the right thing. I'm shocked, for one. I, for one, am shocked. But in terms of the Red Wings game, I mean, it was pretty awful. The fact the Wild were down 2-1 to one was on two their own, own accord. Two because own goals. They, because they had two own goals. Mm-hmm. And, and Detroit is so bad. Uh, I, I do feel bad for those Red Wings fans. I really do. I feel bad for Jimmy Howard, who I think hasn't won a game in three months. Man. They had I do feel success. bad. They're back I to the Dead bad. Wings of my childhood. Now I, I like it. I still feel bad it for It looks him. familiar. Give me Dylan Larkin. That's all I care about. All right. I'm going to um, hand you the baton for reckless speculation. Because you've got what we love, wild, reckless speculation. Just briefly, too, trades can be made in the next nine days. Yes, they can. All right, so this comes from our friend Michael Russo of The Athletic, and he talked to Bill Guerin yesterday. I knew he was do- up to something. He wasn't around. He, he was doing his own little thing yesterday at the game. You know, we were rubbing elbows, and I was wondering I where the heck he was. I'm very disappointed in you. Anyway, I, I got my own sources. I don't got to talk to Billy. I got my own sources. <laughs> he listed, uh, though, possible trade candidates and people that could be moved the deadline, names we have talked about before, starting with Jason Zucker, who, funny enough that, Garen, or excuse me, Paul Fenton did everything in his power to try to move this guy. Failed three times, essentially, at the at the eleventh hour, and now it might be Garen who is the one who indeed pulls the trigger this time. Mm-hmm. Very funny to me. And Pittsburgh's one of those teams that is interested in him because uh, they lost Jake Gensel. Um, I'm someone who is on board with getting rid of Zucker or selling high. I should I shouldn't say getting rid of him because I don't want to just get rid of him. Right. But selling high. Because his metrics indicate to me this is just unsustainable success. What I mean by that is his shooting percentage is a career high. He's averaging a career low in shots. So if you're averaging the least amount of shots and you're converting the highest amount of them, that just you don't even have to be a mathematician to know that is not a sustainable formula for success. So someone has to bite on that. 
and I'm all for trading Jason Zucker. That's the first one on the list. Okay, so he's one, and Garen worked for Pittsburgh previous to this job, which he took in, what, late July? And so it makes a lot of sense that if he can get what he wants from Pittsburgh, he has intimate knowledge of their system, their players. Uh, They want Zucker. So this is the one where I would be very comfortable trading him to Pittsburgh because Garen's going to get back something he knows and likes, and I think that's going to be a good thing. I'm with you, though. I would not give him away for the sake of giving him away. Correct. And also, I, I think there's a belief out there, just like Fenton had with Fiala in Nashville, that he's just keying in on the old organization that he knows. There's nothing wrong with a GM who has an experience knowing a Stanley Cup team that says, I know what pieces I would want back return. That's actually a luxury. That's yeah. actually a good thing to know. So I just I want that to be known well, as well. And, and keep in mind, Kevin Fiala, better than Mikhail Granlin. Yes. We've Paul been, Fenton. Let's, let's not do this again. May, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, but I'm saying for those who said, well, he's making trades with Nashville, Kevin Fiala, the better player. Correct. All right. The next two that he had listed in, in, at The Athletic was Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba, and he looped them together. Obviously. Why did he loop them together? He just put them together as in, I, I think he just, to, to, to put them together, I, I think, because both have been mentioned in trade talks, and they're both a little bit polar opposites in styles of play. Okay. So yeah. I... I think what he's trying to say is one of them would be traded, but not both. But but like, let's just look at the blue line as a whole here and which marketable pieces are, and that's Jonas Brodin and Matt Dumba. Gotcha. Brodin obviously being the steady, smooth skating defenseman, and then Matt Dumba being the dynamic forward who's having a rough season, but has had a couple nice games here and there. I think he's actually starting to show life a little bit. I know he hasn't scored, I think, in eight weeks, but, but he's starting to turn things around. Um, it's more of, I, I do think there's a belief that and we've talked about it before that Dumba's ceiling is higher, even though his value right now is potentially at an all-time low. But Jonas Brodin, you know, you know where the house is, you know where the floor and the ceiling is with him, and teams would still come clamoring for him. Mm-hmm. Carolina was one that was interested, but you, they lost Dougie. And to be honest, if I was Carolina, I would more want someone like Dumba because Dumba uh, is more of a player like Dougie Hamilton than Jonas Brodin is. Also, the right shotness. But does... Dougie was having a great year. Correct. And so would Dumba. Re- I mean, yes. Ideally, the skill set replaces him, but Dumba's not having even close to that season. Correct. But but Dumba replaces Dougie Hamilton better than I think Jonas Brodin does but for I, Carolina. But I think if I'm Carolina, I would want the stability. The problem with Dumba, yes, you're you're right. The Dumba skill set replaces the Dougie skill set if it's all equal, which it's not right now. But Brodeen intrigues me as a, another GM because you know exactly what you're going to get. And I think playoff-wise, it's pretty good because it's such stability. Dumba's scared. I mean, I love Dumba's potential, but man, couldn't you see a playoff series like a Game 7 where he, something happens and he just... Oh, yeah. I, I don't think Brodeen does that. No. I doesn't. think if I'm a GM right now, I'm pursuing Brodeen. And if I'm Billy Guerin, I'm making you pay top price. And look, I don't want to trade Brodeen. But it makes some sense. It does. And we've discussed that uh, contractually as well previously. We have. Uh, the next guy is Marcus Foligno, um, a guy that's a, a, it's a tough sell in the locker room, and it's a tough sell to you, I know, too. Uh, but this is a guy who's having a career season across the board, and he's a checking line player and a player that a team would love to have on their third line. I got a playoffs. question for you. Yes. Do you think he has hit his ceiling and is going to come back down pretty quick from this? I would think so. Okay. I, I mean, if you do, high. if you do that, then you trade him. Yes. Like, if you think this is now him and he's comfortable here, and because he works his butt off, I'll, I'll give him that. He works really hard. So, but if you think the sustainability of this play, or even close to it, is not there, then you're right. Then you trade him. You have to. You have to at least consider it. And what's so funny is the Wild have a great 
third checking line in that Eck, Cunnin, uh, Eck, Cunnin, and Felino line yep. that could shut down, I think, and any, most of any top line in the league. And that, that line's been starting every night. And it's funny that the Wild have basically the back-end pieces for a playoff team. I think they do. They have blue line depth. They have a checking line. But they are lacking the two most important ingredients, goal scores and goaltending. What's funny about their, them right now as they uh, constitute their lines, too, to your point, so ordinarily top six or top nine, right? Yeah. What they go is bottom six with Koivu on, with Koivu on the fourth line. That's a great fourth line. Yeah. Like, this is why I've been begging. I've been saying Koivu should be demoted because if he's on a good team, like, think about this. If Miko waived his no trade clause, right? Think about him on a content on a Stanley Cup type team's fourth line. How ideal would he be? He'd be perfect. He's He'd be great a perfect at fit. that role. Yes, like this whole thing of him. Oh, he's got to be a top. No, he doesn't. Correct. At this point in his life, he's a great fourth line center. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's funny. the The bottom six in the Wilds case now with Miko playing on that fourth line are their strengths. It's very established. It's very true. Uh, the next two on the list: Eric Stahl and Miko Koivu. Now, the tricky part with this is, is if you're trading Eric Stahl, automatically your next center in your top six is Victor Rask. That's why That's why if you're trading Stahl, you have to get a player back and probably a center, whether it's a prospect that's in the minors or, or someone. You need a established player back. You can't afford to give up Eric Stahl without at least addressing the need of center because he is your best center right now. With Miko... I I just think it's extremely unlikely. It is interesting that Guerin has put him essentially, and Boudreaux, has put him on the fourth line to give Victor Rask's value up a little bit. Because I got that's got to be a kick in the in the stomach for Miko. That's got to be a huge kick in the stomach. This would never have happened in pre- previous regimes. It really wouldn't have. And and even when he was asked if have I got any calls on Miko when Russo asked Bill Guerin, he has said no. So no one's really calling about Miko. He's not going anywhere. But with Stahl, it's important to know that if you're moving him, you have to get something back of a player like a hockey trade. Yeah, and again, to go back to last year, he's now signed a new contract in which I believe he has a 10-team uh, no-trade list that he can name 10 teams, and he ordinarily names contending teams to try yes. and sabotage his value. Um, I would definitely try I would try and do what you said, though, because I would love to trade him. Um, the other, though, sneaky part of this that you brought up, which I think is 1,000% correct, is the Rask part. And they could have privately gone to Koivu and been like, here's what we're trying to do. Hmm. Like, no, because Victor Rask had a terrible game on Monday against Florida. And 10 out of 10 times previously, that makes him the next scratch, the next game by Boudreaux. But mysteriously, he not only wasn't scratched on Thursday against Detroit, he still played big minutes on the second line and actually made a nice play on what the uh, yeah, Zucker. Jason Zucker goal. Yes. So the whole Koivu thing might be made a little more palatable to him by the fact that he might have been filled in on, we got to get Rask playing time. Cause I think clearly somebody thinks right or wrong that they can move Rask because Bruce, there's no way he plays him against Detroit unless basically that's the mandate and you have to play him, which he did. So Koivu, I don't think is being traded for sure. Stall, I think it's probably given the fact that he lists contending teams that he can't go to a long challenging, shot. Challenging, yeah. And Rask becomes the interesting one because you dump him off for almost nothing just to dump the salary. Yeah, the return's not really important. With like, you would probably take a bag of pucks back yes. to get the salary out. So of those three right now, I'd, I'd like to trade Stahl. I'd love to trade Koivu, but you're not going to. I don't think he's going to allow it. But I, if 
I was to handicap it right now, I'm going probably Rask because they're literally going to put him on the curb and say, hey, look, he's playing a lot. Yeah. Take him. Totally. All right, a couple more players here on the list. Jordan Greenway and Ryan Donato LinkedIn, and this was actually two guys that we ranked, what, just a couple podcasts ago of what younger kids could be moved. And we kind of put in a blacklist of, or untradeable list of Eck, um, Fiala, and even Cunnan, I think, were the three guys that, nah, you know, build around these guys or something special here. But Greenway and Donato are the ones because they've been playing so poor and sporadic. Uh, Donato is a guy who's been able to score goals when he's got limited playing time. Jordan Greenway has been coasting a little bit after, I think, a really nice start to the season. And the problem is with trading one of one of these two guys is with Donato, both, or, and Donato and Greenway are both younger players, right? They're both 22, 23 years old. You yep. don't want to bail on that. Yep. But you got to create room somehow. And if and if these guys are who they are and, they, and they're never going to reach their ceiling, then you, might, you also have to get out. So it's, it's very challenging. It's very challenging. The Greenway one, I just don't know what to make of him because, again, against D- Detroit, I think he was threatened with being scratched or something because last night against Detroit he came back and I thought he played a really um, intuit game. He was very aggressive compared to what we had seen previously. And there are times when he looks super aggressive and it's scary because, as we talked about, I think the last podcast, Declan, he sort of falls down the Charlie Coyle rabbit hole, which is are you going to do this consistently or are you going to take weeks off and then play hard for a week and then take three weeks off? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, value-wise, if we were to rank like uh, Mike did those two players, I would say Greenway would draw more interest just because if there is something there, he could deliver. Donato, I don't know what to make of him. I like him. He's a sniper type. It's a wild card. But yeah, and yeah. and and you, basically the feeling I think among hockey people is he's not really a dynamic player. Yes, he can score, but he's not really a complete player at all. Yeah. So I don't know that his value. I I think you might be if they were to trade Donato. I think you might be um, surprised at what the return is or how low the return is. Greenway actually get you something back in the Wilds case. I think I would keep both of them for now. Okay. A few more here. Devin Dubnik, he says it's unlikely, but it, it's it's worth exploring just because the Wild are in a transitional part of the season. Dubnik has an affordable cap hit. That also though also helps the Wild, why they would keep him. He's only making $4.3 million. Also, the family dynamic that he's dealing with off the ice, it'd be a pretty crappy thing to do, I think, if you're moving. He's not going anywhere. I don't think you can do it. But but it is at, it's at with least... With his wife having been sick, yes. I don't think you can. And honestly, the way he's playing this year... Are you going to get the return to make it worth the while to uproot him? Ordinarily, I don't care. Right. But in this situation, I I don't see it. All right. And finally, he looped Brad Hunt, Nick Sealer, Greg Patterson all together as one. I think Hunt's the most uh, sexiest of those three because he can play the power play. Bye, guys. And yeah, yeah, literally, it's that. Greg Patterson? That's that's trimming the fat. I mean, I don't blame Russo for putting him in there, but. Right. He has no value. Yeah. Sealer, they've actually. Poor kid. I fault them. Yeah. They've killed his value. Yeah. Um, and then on Hunt, yeah, I, I think Hunt can get you draft pick as a power play specialist, probably right. Yeah, or or some type of prospect. You can get something back for Brad Hunt because he can score. Yeah, he's got that shot and he can score power. But I mean, he got off to that really nice start, and then as you've told us a few times, and you're right, he went back to being Brad Hunt. So. Right, exactly. So yeah, I mean that's that's the list of guys that could be moved and players couldn't be traded during this bye week. I think it's unlikely, um, but. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. I think with the Wild being five points out of the playoff spot going to the spy, I think there's an internal belief, and you could, you heard it in Bruce Boudreaux's comments last last night after the the win uh, over the Red Wings that he thinks there's a run in this team and there's something special here. And I know that could be sound that could sound cliche and oh here we go again, 
But I don't, I don't think Boudreaux would just say that either. Well, I think he wants to think that because if he makes the playoffs, his job becomes more secure. And obviously, Bruce is in the last year of his contract. It's, uh, it's Billy's job to come downstairs and say, it's a nice thought. And, and here's a little thing I, I didn't – he said this to Russo, and I don't agree with this um, with from Guerin's side. Is I'm friends with these players. I know these players, and I know how difficult it is. And I was a player, and I've been traded four times. I'm sorry, but this is the executive role you're in. So, like – like have a cordial relationship with all your players, but but don't tell me that you're friends with them and that makes it more challenging. You know, he's probably just That's trying a business, to be nice. Man. He's just trying but to But I, I don't care. I don't but care yeah. about being nice. But Billy's got to come down to Bruce and be like, Bruce, you know what? Victor Rask. I, I like him. that thought about a, a run. And by the way, I just traded Stahl and I just traded um, <laughs> Brodeen. Uh, Brodeen. Yeah. And nice thought. This is not, you don't take this team to the playoffs for the sake of it. Correct. You, if you're Bill, and, and by the way too, Bill Guerin in year one, Zero pressure. Right. So you tell Craig, you hired me for a reason, Craig. We're going to do this right. We're going to build something special here. And if you, if he can get players or prospects or draft picks, that's what you do. I still think Bruce should be retained. Yep, but, but I that, do. That's going to that's gonna be a topic for another day. But all of that being said is you don't get that eighth playoff spot just for the sake of it when you can make substantial improvements for the future. Because right now you don't look at this, you know. I'm sorry, you beat Detroit. Congratulations. You also choked Epically. against Florida, yeah, in awful fashion. In what was, uh, if they had lost to Detroit, that would have felt like a fatal blow. Oh, for sure. And that's one game. And I know it's it's probably hyperbole, but no, I would have been bad. That's that. All right, that was reckless speculation. Final thought. Yes, sir. Jerry Mayhew, 28 goals. He just broke the AHL record. So uh, for goals before the All Star break, please call this kid up, and I want to see him score goals. Thank you. All right, one-timer, Judd's Hockey Podcast with Declan. We're done.